Welcome, you're listening to the Cultivate Podcast, where we share stories to help us cultivate the characteristics of Christ. We're your hosts, Lydia Bridgman and Kayla Hallstrom. Thanks for joining us as we grow together. Well, welcome back to the Cultivate Podcast. We are so honored to have you joining us today. As Lydia and I were preparing and discussing where we wanted to head next, we realized it had been almost a year since our launch. And actually, it has been one year since the days we recorded our first episode. When we launched, we focused on the topic of cultivating our calling. It's a topic that's near and dear to our hearts and also something that we just felt people in our stage of life can often struggle with. If you haven't listened to those, we encourage you to go back and listen to those two episodes. There are two all the way back at the beginning, one with our dear friends, Jake and Amy Sutton, and our very first episode with guests, Nathan Rickner and Paige Lindgren. Today, our guest, Bree Parkhill, is someone who has been in my life for many years, I think since she was in about seventh or eighth grade, (laughs) I think if I'm remembering right. And I have served alongside of her in the church, um, and she is so encouraging, so passionate about sharing truth, and she has recently felt the call to change her college plan a little and pursue a degree in vocational ministry or formal ministry. So Bree, thank you so much for being here and sharing with us today. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Welcome. (laughs) Bree's so awesome. We're just so thrilled to have you today, and it's just so fun to have you here with us, and I know that you just always radiate such joy, and I'm really excited for our listeners to just get to know you a little bit today um, and hear just your story. So I would love for you to just start off with sharing a little bit with our listeners today about um, where you're at, um, a little bit about your family, your hobbies, or really anything that we should know about Brie. Okay. Well, first off, my name is Brie. I mean, we kind of covered that, but I'm 19 and I'm actually going into my second semester of my sophomore year at college. And currently I'm at ICC, but I'll be transferring to Lincoln Christian University in the spring. So yeah, a lot of people are going whoop, whoop, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if our listeners know us or not. They know I'm in my master's, but that's Mm -hmm. the school that I'm getting my master's from. It's a great one. I love Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm thankful it's close too. Yes. I know. I know. And my mom says all the time, it's real close to Russell Stover's. So she's very excited (laughs) about that. (laughs) Never thought of that. That's so nice. Oh, mom. Oh, it's, yeah, it's going to be, it'll be definitely interesting, but I'm super excited to start pursuing something different because it's, um, I've learned a lot in my first two years at college. I've learned a lot just about, um, you know, how to kind of preach and minister within your community that you're comfortable in. Mm -hmm. And then I've also, I've just learned different ways that God moves in things that you know. And I'm very excited to see the way that he's going to move when I step into the unknown, when I step into going to Lincoln and just completely throwing myself in a seat that I know nothing about, like, I know that I'm going to go there. I'm going to be on a new campus that I have no idea where I'm going, which I barely know how to navigate Peoria as (laughs) is. I've been here my whole life. So it'll be interesting seeing me try and navigate Lincoln. But um, both literally and figuratively, I know that he's going to show me that he can still move even when I can't see him because when I'm blinded by all of the complete and utter uncertainty and newfound things. He's still moving. He's still working. He's still 
you know, knitting things together and just got things that he's piling up for my future. And I'm super excited to see the way that he moves and does that. But yeah, that's exciting. So where are you kind of at right now? Are you working somewhere? Tell our listeners a little bit about things you maybe like to do. Hobbies. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm working at the spot. I've been there for, shoot, um, I would say probably about seven months. Um, I really, really love it. I'm finally getting to the point where I can do latte art. So that is oh. exciting. That's the goal to be able yeah, to do latte real. art. I need to go to one of those coffee conventions and learn. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I see ads on Instagram all the yeah. time for like barista things in Florida where you can like love Jesus and make latte art. <laughs> Ain't that the life? Two great on the beach, things, like why? on the beach, right? Yeah. All while on the beach oh. in Florida. Oh yeah, you do it with pina coladas. You know, you mm, just mm-hmm. good, good. Yes. <laughs> so wow. I love, I love working there because it's such a great community. Everyone that works there that I work with, I've created amazing fellowship with. I've really gotten to bond with them, and just they've challenged me to grow. I've challenged them to grow in ways that I've never expected, never saw coming. When I applied at the spot, I literally thought I was just going in for a job, but Mm -hmm. I was stepping into a season where I was going to learn how to love other people in very slight ways that they wouldn't even realize that it was Jesus ministering to them. It was Mm -hmm. little ways of, you think I'm handing you coffee, but I'm handing you a cup of Jesus. And that's just (laughs) how it's going to work out. But um, yeah, yeah. I really love singing, obviously. Um, I sing a ton at Northwoods and That's I sing, how we met. Yeah, that is actually yeah, seventh or eighth grade pre. Wasn't I in your small group? It's pretty much how I met. Were you, you in too. my small group before we were on worship team like together? I, was, I think so. Nope, sorry. Guess I don't, I don't remember know. that right. I just <laughs> have such, such a bad distinct, small group lead. I just, oh, I just such distinct just memories kidding. of middle school Bree and mm. very early college Kayla. Leading worship together yeah. in the middle mm-hmm. school services. The only one that I really remember is um, me, you, and Trey, and you're standing there on acoustic guitar, and he's standing there on keys, and you guys, we were doing deep, deep wells or oh, something like that. Yes, and we're staring and up deep. Yeah, that you one. guys couldn't move, and you were like, "All right, Bree, you got to <laughs> carry it." And I was like, "That ah. is where the motion worship all began. That's oh, right real. there in Quest, <laughs> all those years ago." Oh, so funny to look back even like a couple years ago and realize the things that we forget. Yeah. You know, but really at the end of the day, it's like, we know Brie from so many different things, but we love her. She knows me from things I don't remember. It's fine. (laughs) No big deal. I love that. There's grace. It's awesome. So, Mm -hmm. oh, so great. That's great. And you just, I mean, I can share from being able to serve and worship with you. It's just so cool to see the way that, just I can tell when you worship that you just really are surrendering to the Lord and just allowing Him to speak through you and minister to people through you. And I just love serving with you. It's such a blessing because I know it's such coming from such a genuine place of just an overflow of what God's doing inside. And it's just um, being able to bless other people and help other people to experience Him through you. So I mm-hmm. love even in her introduction, <laughs> telling a little bit about yourself, you yeah. already are like preaching truth and sharing truth. And it's just so <laughs> evident that that's a way God's gifted you, even mm. already in this conversation. Mm. I love it. Um, one of the characteristics um, that I feel like has come up a lot lately in our walk with Christ is being able to hear his voice and to be able to follow his leading. And just even this last weekend at our home church, um, our pastor talked about that, about how he's the good shepherd. And one of the greatest call characteristics 
of us being his sheep is being able to know and listen and hear his voice and know what that means for us. And um, Bree, I've heard bits and pieces of this story and even walked some of it alongside of you as you figured out um, a lot of this and what it's looked like. But we would just love to take some time to hear the story kind of from beginning to end about this kind of calling you have felt um, over the last couple of years. I think you were telling us before over the last two years or so mm-hmm. and what it has looked like um, to just listen to God and hear him speak about that and follow where he's leading. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, my story started before I even knew it. And it was <laughs> this whole idea that I was very uncomfortable getting up to lead on worship team. And I remember way back when I was maybe getting like leaving and going into my summer before seventh grade, I had a friend at the time and I told her, hey, we should join worship team as a joke. And she was like, <laughs> no way. <laughs> I've never heard this story. Oh, she, she was like, you can do that, but I'm, I'm never going to sing in front of someone. And I was like, me neither. And then <laughs> joke's on me. <laughs> It, just a little while later, I don't remember how exactly it happened. I think I said something to my mom and my mom just went full-fledged out and she was like, I'm getting you on that team. So it ended up being that I started serving. And, um, you know, when I first started, I was very shy. I wanted to get up there. I wanted to sing the backup part. Mm-hmm. I wanted nobody to hear me. I just wanted to be there. I was stock still and that was that. And then I remember I did it for about a year and then I came back and all of a sudden, Amy, who was leading it at the time, was gone. And in comes Nathan Rickner. And I was like, well, he's full of energy. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember he came up to me like the first time I was ever on. And he was like, all right, you're leading this week. And I was like, oh, am I? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, what can I do for you? And at the time, I was like, nothing. I can do it. <laughs> and I remember how uncomfortable I was, but even in that moment, in my first interaction with him, he took, he didn't even know me. I didn't know him, but he took the time to pour into me. He took the time to really just explain like, you wouldn't be here if God hadn't called you here and put your feet here. He's like, God has enabled you to do everything that you're set here to do. And he was like, I believe in you. God believes in you. You can do this. You're up here because God wants you to show somebody else what it looks like to worship him because some people don't know and people are looking at your posture of worship and from there, they're gonna learn. And he was like, he's using you as a vessel. So trust that. And I remember as soon as he said that to me, I was like, wow, quite the introduction here. (laughs) (laughs) But um, even in that moment, I felt a little ping on my heart like, okay, So that's kind of what it means to step into ministry. It's to be a vessel. It's to be his flesh when he can't be here and be that flesh. And years and years later, I think that was in seventh grade that I did that. Years and years later, my senior year of high school, the summer before, I remember Nathan asking me, he said, Brie, have you ever thought about going into ministry? And I was like, no. And I remember he looked at me and I thought it was funny because he'd asked me that so out of the blue and he was just so sincere. And he goes, Brie, God gives a very tender, very sincere heart to people that are meant to go into his ministry. He was like, has that ever been affirmed in you? I was like, well, no. And he began to ask me and tell me like, just 
challenge yourself to look into that. Challenge yourself to lean into that. And God has put in you a very unique heart that is very different and is needed in his ministry. God uses a very specific type of person in his ministry and in his work. And I think that he's calling you there. And at the time I told him he was crazy and moved on. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember um, as I was moving into later that summer, I was supposed to go to quest camp with um, Trevor Johnson and a couple other people. And when we went, it was just a little while after Nathan had planted that seed. And I was trying to like, I opened my mind a little bit to it. And then I was like, eh, I'm not interested. And I closed my mind. But when we were at Quest Camp, I just fell in love with everything that was there. And I remember my heart kind of being pulled that way. And I was thinking, oh, well, maybe. And then as soon as my mind would start to wander, like maybe ministry, it would just recorrect itself and be like, no, that's not where you're going. And I remember it very distinctly. Um, It was like the middle of the week at Quest Camp and we were out there playing capture the flag of all things with all the kids and it was muddy and it was dirty and the kids were just having a great time kicking up grass at everybody. And I remember looking around and seeing all these kids laughing and smiling and I hear very clearly in my head, can you imagine yourself anywhere else? And in the moment I was like, well, that was not me. (laughs) And it kind of sat on me and I was like, that's, just crazy. And I tried to kind of brush it off. Well, as the week progressed, I kept hearing little things that as I heard, had conversations with people or read through my Bible or listened to worship music or the message, whatever it was, little pieces just kept sticking out at me. And I was like, it was like the conviction that I just didn't want to hear. Mm -hmm. It was the conviction that God kept pushing at me saying, you're meant to come to me. You're meant to follow what I've set in front of you. You're meant to go on this path, not the one you've created. And I just wasn't having it. And I remember it just kept getting hammered into me over and over and over again. And I kept thinking, this has just got to be a coincidence. And God just kept saying, it's not. Hmm. It's most definitely, you're supposed to be looking this way. Just turn and look for a second so you can see all that I've got for you. And... I remember by the end of the week, I finally stopped and turned and looked. And at that moment, I fell in love with what was in front of me and everything that was behind me that I had been planning for my life just kind of fell off. And I was like, this isn't what I want anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember I ended up going home from church that week. And life is a lot harder when you're not surrounded in a very very much Christian community. Like when you're not going to chapel three times a day Mm -hmm. and singing worship songs three times a day, when you're not waking up and having nothing to do so you get to go read your Bible and dive in for an hour. I mean, when you're not doing that anymore, it is so much harder to focus in on where it is that God's calling you. And it's so much harder to hear his voice. And I remember after being so adamant that that was what I wanted to do, it just slowly began to fall off again. Mm. Mm. And so it began this long journey where I was just back and forth like, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and study ministry. And then it was, no, I'm gonna study criminal justice. And I just wasn't sure. And it was back and forth for so long. And I mean, 
I remember just being so conflicted because no matter which way I looked, I wasn't at peace. And mm-hmm. I got to the end of my senior year and I was like, okay, I have to pick where I'm going. And for me, I hadn't decided that I was going to go to ICC. I hadn't decided that ICC was even a choice. I was going to either go to SIUE or I was going to go to Lincoln Christian. And that was that. And I wasn't happy with either choice. Mm. And I was thinking, okay, well, maybe I just heard it all wrong. I'm not supposed to do either of those. I've been messing it up the whole time. And God kind of put it on my heart. He was like, no, look closer. So I started looking a little bit closer to home and I decided on ICC. And from there, God was working on my heart in ways that I didn't realize it needed Mm -hmm. to be worked on. He was kind of just picking out the things that I had kind of buried that I had put away, that I'd been kind of stalking away and just hiding from him and being like, nah, he doesn't need this. He was pulling it out and he was showing me that this is where your gaze needs to be. This is where your heart needs to be. He was redirecting my focus and redefining my future all at once. And I didn't know it for the longest time. Yeah. So I mean... Yeah. As you were just sharing, it's interesting. I um, listened to something this past week that talked about the verse that talks about um, how the Lord will give you the desires of your heart, but it kind of took a different spin on it that I never really thought about deeply that sometimes the Lord changes your desires Mm -hmm. to be in line with His will and He changes your heart to be in line with His perfect Will And I think that's kind of a testament to what you were just sharing. It reminded me of that, that mm-hmm. you weren't sure. And, you know, your desire was to serve God, whether you were in, you know, vocational ministry or not, which is totally possible. And we see it all the time. Yeah. But it was like, God changed your desire to be perfectly in line with his will and what he wanted for you. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of reminded me of that. And I just think that's such a beautiful perspective to have because that's one of those verses in the Bible that I feel like we can so often take out of context and separate from like the perfect will of God and his sovereignty. And I don't know, I just, I love in your story how he really worked on your heart behind the scenes to align Mm -hmm. it with what he wanted for you. Mm -hmm. And how he just kept giving you little whispers. You know, sometimes we just need those little whispers along the way. And as we talked about in our other Cultivate Calling episodes, people as well. You mentioned Nathan calling things out in you or, Mm -hmm. you know, just encouraging you in, in your gifts. And so I think there's just such a pattern on how God works on our hearts to give us that direction of our calling. Mm -hmm. So, Bree, I have heard a lot of people who are in college, and I know that I sometimes struggled with this when I was in college, um, you're just preparing for the next season of your lives. And sometimes it can be easy to have the mentality that you can't live out your calling until you're finished with this preparation period Mm -hmm. of, you know, structured college education. However, I feel that God wants us to use our gifts throughout the entire process. And I think all of us can agree on that. Um, I feel like you've just done this so well, just taking advantages of opportunities along your schooling journey to use your gifts, um, specifically in the church, just the way you've been active um, in pursuing those there. And in addition, there's ways that the Lord also wants to work on our hearts before Mm -hmm. we're ready to step into that position 
or that next season. So Brie, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you're doing right now in this season to prepare you for the calling that you believe God has placed on your life for the next season? Mm-hmm. So um, one of the most prominent things that I'm really working on right now actually relates to Proverbs 4.23, where it says, guard your heart for all you do flows from it. Mm-hmm. And that's because one of my top spiritual gifts is mercy. And because of that, I want to pour out all that I am for anyone who even vaguely requests it or seems like they need it. Mm. And that can be good, but it can also be detrimental. And Mm -hmm. especially with where I'm hoping to go, like I'll touch on it a little bit later, but I'm hoping to work with um, kids in the juvenile delinquent system and partner with the church and the, the juvenile delinquency system and just like minister to those kids and show them that there's more for them because so often you'll find that those kids are put in a place where they're raised like criminals and well, what they did was wrong, yes. If you raise someone like a criminal, that's what they're gonna pursue. If you raise someone that they are nothing but their past and their sins, that's what they're gonna fall into. I mean, it's the same way that in the church, we don't look at somebody in their sins and their past mistakes and say, you are that. Right. We put that on the cross and right. that's there and that's done. You're no longer what you were. You are new in Christ. Like, I, don't, I don't remember where it says it in the Bible, but your old self is gone and you've put on a new, a new being of Christ, one that is renewed, that is transformed, that is completely made new. It's repaired and it's perfect. And I feel like a lot of kids in that system don't know that. Mm-hmm. And it breaks my heart thinking about that because those kids are raised in a culture where they're treated like nothing. Mm-hmm. And they just don't have any idea that there's someone who thought they were everything. And so what I'm doing to prepare for that is there's a lot of brokenness in that system. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of darkness in that area of the criminal justice system. And going into that, if you go into it with a heart that's soft and ready to break at everything it hears, Mm -hmm. you're going to crumble. Yeah. You're going to fall apart before you get the chance to minister. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm trying to teach myself that while you can go in with a gentle heart that's ready to receive and break for what's necessary. You also have to have a heart that's guarded so as to keep out things that are never meant to tread on your heart's ground. And I feel like God's really teaching me that, yeah, there's a lot of things that really suck in the world right now. And there's a lot of things that are really gonna suck in those kids' lives, but you have to be able to filter it. Because yeah. you can't let yourself just suck in every every bit of their hurt mm. and suffer with them. Yeah. So I'm just trying to teach myself how to love without breaking entirely down, yeah. which is definitely an interesting take from how I've normally like let myself love in the past. Yeah, I just feel like as you're saying that, I can just like see you putting on um, 
the armor of Christ of just like mm-hmm. preparing yourself spiritually and learning your strengths, your weaknesses, knowing where your boundaries are, knowing how he's equipped you, knowing um, the tools and weapons that he's giving you to mm-hmm. um, prepare you f- for what you're walking into. And just, yeah, I could just see that happening in this season for you. Just like you um, just learning intricately all the things that he's equipped you with um, Mm -hmm. to be ready for Mm -hmm. that season and specifically just the armor of Christ and um, and his word and and the truth of the gospel of peace and just all of those pieces kind of coming together as you're preparing. And I just think it's so cool that specifically you want to minister to people in that specific area of ministry because it's like, all along, he had you torn between these two things, but mm-hmm. really at the end of the day, they, they mesh so well together, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that you can still have a heart for that yet, you know, not be a certain position in that. And you can still, it's just, it's so cool to hear just your heart behind that. And I feel like it is encouraging to other people too, who feel like they have to go for something so specific, one thing, but it's like mm-hmm. God gives you a heart for something, but he can create a job position for that, yeah. you know? <laughs> it doesn't have to fit this one thing yeah. or mm-hmm. look a certain way. Like if he's giving you a heart for it, he's gonna make a way. And, and you know, taking the step of a ministry role will only help you to really proclaim Christ and and yeah. minister to those people in, in a more impactful way. So Yeah, that mm-hmm. was something that came up um, in our first couple episodes about yep. calling a lot as I was um, listening through those this week of just... Um, we think it has to be done a certain way. And I know I've shared this about my own story. You know, I went to get a degree in education knowing I wanted to work in the church and I just like couldn't figure out like, how do those things come together? It doesn't make sense. And it felt very, not the mold, mm-hmm. but it was exactly the right thing. And just that reminder to be doing the things that God is asking us to do mm-hmm. and to be living out the way he's made each one of us because it's unique and he is bigger than any system or any path that's gone before. Like he is totally capable of doing something new that we, you know, as Ephesians says, more than we can ask or imagine even. Um, We can't even picture it until he kind of brings it to light. So Mm -hmm. I know for me, I find myself um, when there's a tough decision to be made and there's no wrong answer. Um, it's just a choice, kind of a crossroads of of two good things or just, um, it's kind of up to me. Um, I want someone to tell me what the right answer is. I mm-hmm. want it to be very clear, black <laughs> and white. Here it is. This is what you're supposed to do. You know, big neon sign. I know I felt that way when making a decision about where to go to college, major, all of that. I just want it to be really clear. And honestly, when it boils down to it, really easy, right? I just want it to be laid out. And not to say that that doesn't happen to some people, that some people don't um, have, you know, a very clear picture and understanding of where they need to go. But that's not always typically how it works out um, when it comes to decisions being made. So can you walk us through a little bit um, the process of how um, you made that decision to kind of change paths? Like what, how did you follow the Lord's leading? What are some things that helped you come to that decision? Mm-hmm. So... I know, like I said a little bit earlier, I was very uncertain about ministry for a very long time because um, some part of me looked at the security that was in a job that was a federal crime scene investigation job going in, doing all this. I looked at the salary. I looked at the benefits. I looked at all of that stuff and I was like, okay, that'll take care of me. And then I turned my head and I looked at ministry and I said, 
but how am I supposed to help myself here? And in my mind, I was just thinking, I'm so good at this criminal justice side. How is it that if I'm gifted here, I'm expected to give that up? Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I couldn't let it go because I was thinking God wouldn't have gifted me with this if I wasn't meant to pursue it. And that was a very toxic mindset because when you kind of give yourself tunnel vision in that way and you make yourself think that, oh, well, this is where God has gifted me. This is where um, my talents lie. This is what I have to pursue. You close off, you close yourself off to every potential Mm. way that God's going to minister to you outside of your comfort zone. Like I heard this, of the basis of this in a sermon from Elevation a while ago. Um, but Stephen Furtick was talking about how the peace comes after the process. Mm. You're going to be utterly uncomfortable pursuing God's will for you because <laughs> it is uncomfortable. He challenges you and he tells you to step out on the water when you can see the waves and you're like, there's no way. And he says, come. And you have to listen and you have to put your foot on the surface that you know should break through. You have to sit in that anxiety and that worry, but you have to focus your eyes off the waves and at the Savior in front of you. And when you do that, you'll just find that all of that anxiety washes away because in trusting him and going ahead and taking that step, that peace that follows just doesn't compare to anything else. And I just, the way that I tried to determine whether I want to do criminal justice or ministry is I was challenging myself to step out. Mm. I was saying, okay, I'm uncomfortable to ministering to people who were older than me. So I started volunteering in college life saying, all right, this is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be ministering to people who are in a different season than I am, who are further ahead than I am, who know what they're doing versus me, who is completely clueless. Or at I least think we know some, what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. At least to some extent. And <laughs> I challenged myself there and I was very uncomfortable for a long time, but I grew into it. Yeah. Because I was stumbling my way through, but I was still following his calling So God gave me grace and he straightened the path and he made it much easier to walk. And I mean, it just got to the point where there were so many places in the church and in my life that I was walking and stepping out that I was like, yeah, God's gifted me over here. But if I can keep stepping out in faith where it's uncomfortable, where it's uncertain, where it's overall just either or, and he's going to keep providing, I can step Mm -hmm. out in this way that's completely uncertain that I can't see anything ahead and he'll take care of me. And I mean, it was a lot of, I got that affirmation and that clarification there and God was still moving because I was still saying, all right, you've showed me that you can move and that you'll provide but show me for sure that yeah. that's where you want me. Yeah. And let me tell you, I was bombarded with people who just kept coming to me unprompted saying, hey, Brie, you should pursue this. 
you should do that. Like Kayla came to me, Josh Rivera came to me, Nathan Rickner came to me, Jake came to me, my mom. Literally everyone just kept coming to me being like, Brie, I think this is where he's calling you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just kept saying, there's no way. There's no way. It's a coincidence. And God has a funny way of just putting things on top of you until you crumble. But when you crumble, he catches you and he's ready to rebuild you into what he was waiting for you to give in so that he could shape you into all along. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I love what Lisa Turkers talks about in her her. book. It's Mm -hmm. not supposed to be this way. She talks about how um, when we are shaped into one thing and we're not meant to stay that way, God will push us back down to dust. But the beautiful thing about dust is you can put it back in water and it's clay again. Mm -hmm. And you can reform it and reshape it and redesign it. And it's made for an entirely different purpose. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I was learning that and I didn't even know. That's so good. I feel like as you were talking, it's just like this theme of being surrendered to the Lord about, Mm -hmm. you know, with not having tunnel vision, with, with saying okay, I'm going to step out where I think you're leading. And he's always going to be faithful to meet us when we are doing our best to listen to his voice. Um, It was about surrendering something you were gifted in or you had passion for and just staying surrendered and open led you to where you are now. And Mm -hmm. just that, Mm -hmm. I can just see that kind of thread through every kind of example you gave of just this theme of being surrendered to him and continuing to go where he was leading and Mm -hmm. trusting when it didn't make sense to you that he knew what he was doing. Yeah, I can definitely relate to what you were talking about as that uncomfortableness. Like I remember when the Lord, I've shared on the podcast before, you know, my journey of, I had a major change to my Mm -hmm. freshman year from nursing, which I thought was very, um, to me, I thought it was like a safe way to go. And the Mm -hmm. Lord like gently was leading me to teaching and education. And I remember though, you know, when, when he, led me into that, but then he led me to switch schools, you know, (laughs) leaving a place that I thought was so wonderful, the Christian school I was at, and then having to just trust that he was going to provide by going to this other, you know, state school. I feel like I can relate so much to just that. It was super uncomfortable, but then it's like when you look back, you see he was working in that uncomfortable spot because that was the only way I was able to get from like being fearful and not living out what he wanted me to do to finally getting to a place where I was like, oh man, I have peace with this. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I can agree that that peace, you can have peace walking through it, but really that just like peace comes after that uncomfortable spot. And so Mm -hmm. I can relate to that definitely Mm -hmm. um, in my own journey too. Yeah. And I just feel like even I've, I've been in ministry for, Uh, like five years now, there's even things within ministry where he continues to refine. And just recently, like I kind of had this moment where I'm like, uh, similar to you, where I was like, I have some gifting here. I have passion for this, Mm. but I think I need to let it go in order to receive something new. And that was really Mm -hmm. scary because it was something I cared a lot about that I had spent a lot of time investing in that I had um, just been a part of for many years. And I was like, this is really hard to lay down when, some, you know, you're like, I, it's not like it doesn't fit, but it just feels right to surrender it. Mm-hmm. And um, that has just opened a door to be 
available and just ready for what he wants to do. So yeah. I relate to that totally too. I think I might've shared with you before Kayla, but um, Jordan Lee Dooley, she's a really great author and she has a podcast, the She Podcast too. And um, just for anyone listening today, if you feel like you're kind of in that spot, I feel like we all can kind of relate to that in different ways where you have multi, like you're multi-passionate, you know, where you feel like, oh, I have, you know, because everyone really at the end of the day has multiple gifts that God can use them in, I believe, um, in different facets or in different ways. And she has quite a few episodes on her podcast and even in one of her books where she kind of walks through that, you know, the choosing the best thing and really how God can work in each season. Kind of like you were just sharing, you know, in certain seasons, he might use you in a certain area or with certain gifts and then change it and use different gifts in another season. So she's a great resource, I feel like, for anyone who's kind of in that spot. But um, Brie, I just will never forget the day when the Lord met me in my dorm room. I was kind of talking about it a couple minutes ago, but when he called me to use my gift of teaching in the way that I am right now in this season, um, there's just been so many other little God moments where I've sensed the Lord saying, you know, Lydia, this is where you're supposed to be, you know, where he confirms that and whispers that to your heart. Um, And would you just share a story with us today or just an instance or a time when you felt the Lord confirming that you are doing what he's called you to do? Yeah. Um, so even at the point where I felt all that comfort and finally deciding, okay, I'm doing ministry, there was a small part of me that was still like, okay, but criminal justice. And I just couldn't let it go. And it took a long time, but I finally got to the point where there was one night where I was just like, all right, God, it's yours. I'm done carrying it. I'm done looking at it and thinking, well, maybe because I'm tired of pursuing something that could be chased after, could be accomplished and I could succeed in, but isn't ultimately where you want me. I'm tired of following something that is just a red herring from where your voice is calling. And at that moment, I surrendered it and I was done with it. And I just felt this overall peace that I hadn't felt in my entire college journey and preparing for college and being at college. I was just, there was some part of me that was at unrest. It was just, I was unhappy. I wasn't sure. And I didn't feel like I was in the right place. It almost felt like I had a puzzle that was completely done, but there was that final piece that wasn't the right piece, but I was trying to force it to fit anyway. And God kept saying, that's not it. But I kept trying to put it in anyway. And when I handed that to him, that piece came. And it was a couple days later that he put on my heart, hey, you know those can collide, right? Mm. And I was like, what? Well, well, no. <laughs> you didn't tell Otherwise me that. I <laughs> Otherwise, I would have already known. Yeah, that. Come on. <laughs> so it was when I, after I'd surrendered it and given it over to him, he was showing me that now that it's mine, I'll give a piece of it back to you. And I mean, I can't explain the joy that just kind of fell at that point. And I was like, no way. You're telling me that, I thought this passion was misguided and put in the wrong place. But really you were just trying to show me that you had a very specific purpose for me and I couldn't see it. 
I was blinded because I'd put on that tunnel vision of it's one or the other. I wasn't looking at the gray area. And God was still trying to show me, take off your blinders. I know Cal says that somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> take off your blinders. At Calvin Rickner. <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, probably. But he was just trying to show me, when you blind yourself to things outside of your peripheral vision, you're going to miss out on all the blessings that he has in store. You're going to miss out on the ways that God is taking everything that you love, everything you're passionate for, everywhere you're gifted. And he just blends it all together in one big mixing bowl. That's so good. So good. Well, Bree, if there's one thing that I know about you is that you're one of the most encouraging people that I know. It's one of the things I really admire about you and I see it in our everyday lives. I see it um, in the way you use social media. I see it in the way um, that you serve. And so as we wrap up here today, we just wanted to give you the platform a little bit. Um, and just if there's any encouragement that you wanna share with our listeners about calling and God's faithfulness in our stories, we just want you to do that now as we close. Yeah. So um, during my senior year of high school, I was a student ministry intern at Northwoods Community Church. And the whole experience was amazing but there were also some very revealing parts of it where there were pieces where I saw that everything is a lot harder than it looks on the surface. And early in my internship, I remember Trevor Donson coming to me and there was a point where we were trying to start something new and it wasn't coming together the way we thought. And it just, things seemed to be clashing more than they were coming together. And I was overwhelmed and he could see that. And he came to me and he said, Brie, ministry is people and people are messy. Ministry is messy. And I remember thinking in that moment, well, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> and that's all he said to me. And I was thinking, what? You're really just gonna leave me on a cliffhanger and leave me to figure it out, huh? And it turns out that as I continued in my journey through that internship and as I'm continuing on my walk and pursuing ministry, God's showing me more and more what that looks like. He's showing me that people are emotional, they're broken, they're hurting, they're painful. It's all sorts of things. We're unpredictable because we're broken. And sometimes it's hard to extend grace and to extend love and all of that, when you're looking at someone and all you're seeing is hurt and all you're feeling is hurt. But overall, God is gonna take that and he's gonna reshape that hurt and that pain into just the sincerest form of love that you've ever felt. And I just wanna encourage anyone who's listening that life along with people is very messy. It's very uncertain. It's twisting and turning. And it's like... um the psalmist says, and I think it's Psalm 119, where he's talking about um, God's word is a lamp onto his feet. When you think about a lamp over your feet, you're not gonna see the whole path ahead. You're gonna see a step. Mm. And you don't know where that step's gonna go. You don't know if you're walking in a circle. You don't know if you're walking towards a cliff. You don't know where you're going. But in reality, God is the good shepherd. He's gonna lead you in the way that is going to just absolutely build you 
that's going to create the spirit in you that he's wanted from the beginning. So even when you're looking down at your feet and you're seeing that this lamp isn't lighting up as much of the path as you want, trust that God's leading you somewhere. Even if it feels like the road is winding, he's got somewhere that is intended for you to end up. That's good. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that so much. And I just feel like that's such a good nugget of truth for people to take away. So beautiful and so genuinely coming from your experiences. So thank you, Bree, so much just for sharing with us today. It's always just so refreshing each time that we just get to sit down and hear someone's story and reflect on where God had you and celebrate now all that he's doing and all he's going to continue to do in and through your life. So listeners, thank you so much for listening today. And we hope that you were encouraged by our conversation and what was shared. Continue to cultivate the things of Christ this week. 